welcome, welcome, welcome. All right. Man, I got a lot of ground to cover today. <sighs> Man, good to see everybody look good. Everybody feeling all right? All right. All right. Are we healthy? Physically? Mentally? Spiritually? Are we healthy? All right. Well, we're going to find out today then. Find out because I don't know. Some people be trying to don't be lying in church. Don't be lying. We're gonna check. How you treating your brother? How you treating your brother and your sister? Because that identifies if you know God. True love is with God and man. So y'all in true love? Yeah. I mean, you can't do one without the other. Yeah. I know we've been talking about the heart and all these type of things. Oh, man. So, Mario, if the Lord told me today, he said, told me to sit down and you take over, would you be ready? <laughs> Time of lesser demand, you should be studying. All right, okay. I mean, that's just not for him as far as coming up here. That's like for you. I mean, the, the greatest pulpit is out there. Not in here. All right. Dejan said, I'm ready. I like that. He's ready. All right, man. See, but I'm speaking something into him. Everybody should be evangelizing. A lot of times we just come to church and that's it. Praise God. Amen. I'm gone. It's more to it than just that. You have a responsibility to study. You have a responsibility to present the gospel. First of all, is it good news to you? I need to know that first. Is it actually good news to you? You're not going to take nobody, and it's not good news, right? Oh, man. Y'all ready to get serious today, ain't y'all? Oh, they say, yeah. Okay, be careful what you ask for. Okay. All right. Uh, <laughs> You know, last week we were talking about, I know I was into, you know, I wanted to talk about our, our love and our relationship and friendship with each other. But I love what God does. He, you know, I always have a plan, but he, his plan is better. I just want to make sure that, you know, I'm open to whatever he wants. It, it depends on who's here. And then when you teach, you have to know and understand the sheep, where they are. Versus just coming up and I'm just going to preach the word and it's it. Wait a minute. Something happened last week. <laughs> and somebody need an answer and they need an answer today. Okay, we're going to find out what's going on. Hello? Okay. All right. Take my time a little bit here. I got like 14 pages. Now, y'all know I'm not going to get. It depends on your interaction. 
I mean, if you don't, if there's no interaction, I just go right through it. But if it's something I get a spiritual connection on this side where the oil is, I mean, then I'm going to go. All right. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. It's just, I know they just want to turn to the past. I am. I'm going to get there. Check everybody's spirits first. Everybody on one accord now. See, this is the thing. We take the word of God as precious. You don't just approach it and deliver it anyway. It's the word of God. And if you don't reverence the word of God. Oh, that tells me where you at. It is the reading of the holy scriptures. How come we say that we don't say that a lot in church, but every time you hear the Quran, it's the holy Quran. That's right. But we do not honor or respect the actual logos, the written word. See, it's our understanding of it. And, you know, like I told you, if you don't know the purpose of a thing, you will abuse it. This is the word of God. It is your life. It is alive because you worship a living God. Okay? See, I'm just trying to make sure we have understanding of what you have inside of you. The word of God. I esteem it more than my food, my essence, what I need in me. Because this is what sustains me. Man should not live by bread alone. The natural, the nephesh, the flesh. Because man is a spirit who lives in a body, but he possesses a soul. Understanding, you got to get this down. Now, in turn, what I wanted to teach, I want to go back to the relationship, but he said, wait, pause right here. I want to make sure that they are not dull in their hearing. I love the way he does. He just comes in and interjects, and I let him do it. I studied all weekend. For, no. He, he just, he just, I just love the way he, I just love how he controls me. I'd love to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. See, a lot of us don't want to be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Hello? Who wants to be controlled by the Holy Spirit? I mean, led right into the wilderness. I mean, led right into hardship. I want to be led of the Spirit. How many of you want that? Mm. I want to be led by Him into dangerous places. Oh, y'all. Nobody want to be led like that. 
They want to tiptoe through the tulips. That's what they want to do. They want to be led into dangerous places. Notice I said, he'll lead you there. Don't you go there on your own. He'll lead you there. He knows the way of escape. Amen. See, a lot of times, and I told you, a lot of times we still do not understand God's permissible will. It don't feel good. It don't look good. His permissible, okay. It don't even seem like God. Then we get confused with his perfect will. That definitely don't seem like, why am I in this situation? It seems too hard. That just cannot be God. Which one is it? Is it his permissible will or his perfect will? Choose. How do you distinguish which is what? Hmm, they hurt me. Don't nobody treat me right. What is that? Is it a barometer for you to check you? Oh, you too busy checking them. I'm just saying, sometimes we get confused with this God thing. Okay. Hosea. I'm just saying. That's a hard one, ain't it? Who who want who wanna be led into that? That experience. <sighs> See, you have to be led in that, but you don't put yourself in that one. Maybe y'all don't know Jose. Maybe y'all don't know Goma. I'm leaving. No, go back. Stay put. I got to burst something out of this. Ugly situation. Filthy situation. Just not right. Is it his permissive will or his perfect will? The situation you're in right now, is it his perfect will or his permissible will? Oh. You do it. You will teach that smile. This is like you have to know him <laughs> to know him. But it gives you something to think about. The situation that you're in, that you came out of, did you actually pass the test? Because he tests, he don't tempt. He tests. What came out of it? Life or death? What came out of the situation that you just came out of? What was birth? Hmm? Okay. Hey, teacher. I'm just saying. I'm going to get there. There's certain things, you, you know, you have to... Ask, and you have to, your mindset, your thought about the experience you just had. 
Was it bad because the way you felt? Or was it God saying, I got you, but I'm going to show you something. There's somebody else four years from now you don't see in your life that you need this experience to help you. That you can fall back on. But you can't because you're selfish. You want it just for you. No, it don't feel good, but you don't you forget his will for your life. Yeah. Are y'all learning something? Yeah. Am I provoking thought? Yeah. In the thing that you came out of and the things you're about to go into. Because you only come out to go into. <laughs> Now, some of us might go back into the same thing because we didn't learn what we needed to learn. You know, it's like a reoccurring dream. You, you have a reoccurring dream because you didn't get what he was telling you. And he said, this is important for you to understand what I'm trying to tell you. So I'm going to show you again. Sometimes you end up right where you left off at. You go right back to the same place because now this time you're going to do it right. So let me bring you back to where it all started. That's a teach on, don't on. No, he loves y'all. So he, he wants you to have what you need. All right. Hmm. So I mean, this, maybe to answer some questions for some people, like, why is this happening again? And why does, why? Why does this keep happening? The same thing. <laughs> he said, I'm trying to build something in you, but you don't trust me. Yeah. I'm learning those steps, y'all. I can, you know, it's worship. It's called built to worship. So I can't help but to worship. See, if, if my mindset is changing, so everything else is changing. I'm missing out on Saturday, DTW. Y'all yes. got to come. <sighs> He's come to one. See what it's all about. The fellowship is great. Yes. Oh, I can't help it. That thing. <laughs> so if y'all see me busting a little move up here, I'm just worshiping. <laughs> I can't help it. It's in me. Okay? Is that right? I can't help it. It's just in me. I'm, learn, I'm actually learning the moves now. <laughs> okay. Let me take that, man. All right. Also, then if you really want a real challenge, you got to be here 830 for the boot camp. If you want a real challenge. I haven't got that one yet. I haven't got that one yet. Built by B. I haven't done that one. <sighs> anyway. Thank y'all for participating and helping out your brother and sister. All right. And you're going to get something out of it. Good health. All right. Don't stop. I mean, when you plant the seed, it don't come up right away. It got a little warfare you got to go through. You got to break through the surface. So don't, don't quit. The actual change has started Already, as soon as you planted the seed. 
As soon as the seed is planted, it starts. The, the chemistry, everything, the photosynthesis, it starts to grow immediately. That's what a seed purpose is, to grow. Got to put it in the right field. All right. All right. All right. Are you dull? Minister, go to Hebrews. We're going to start off right here. Minister, go to Hebrews 5, 11, Amplified. Hebrews chapter 5 and verse 11. Concerning this, we have much to say which is hard to explain, since you have become dull in your spiritual hearing, and sluggish, even slothful, in achieving spiritual insight. Hmm. One more time. Concerning this, we have much to say which is hard to explain. Since you have become dull in your spiritual hearing and sluggish, even slothful, in achieving spiritual insight. Mm, mm, mm. Verse 12. Verse 12. For even though by this time you ought to be teaching others, you actually need someone to teach you over again the very first principles of God's word. You have come to need milk, not solid food. Man. So there's some insight as the body of Christ should have that we don't have. Right? I mean, that's what verse 11 said, right? Go back to 11. And, you know, you look at the state, and you should do this. I mean, you have a father, your father, your family. Don't you evaluate the health of your children and the mental stability of your wife and um, all the things that are attached to you? Don't you do an evaluation and audit to, to really evaluate, see where we are so we'll know where we're going? If you don't, do it. Take a look at yourself first and find out where am I So, because they're following me. So I need to find out where am I emotionally, mentally. Am I sound? Am I fit? Am I mature? Am I immature? You have to identify these things. Because you can still, what, what is, in Hebrews, the whole, the, the, they were immature. I mean, we, we, we're immature. Listen, listen to this. We should be growing your seed. The word of God is a seed. It should be growing. Correct? Dull. This is kind of what's happening, teacher. I mean, I'll go something. Uh, there's a warfare secret is Satan has had since the beginning of the fall, all right, dealing with mankind. I, I, what I'm hoping to do today, I don't know if I get it all out, um, is to have some understanding about a phrase that we use all the time. 
It's going to tie into dullness, but it's, it's the phrase that's spiritual warfare. Track with me. We have all kinds of conceptions and misconceptions of what spiritual warfare is. Real spiritual warfare. Okay? Notice what I said. Real spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare is not when your car breaks down. That's not spiritual warfare. When your car breaks down because, why? You didn't change the oil. Okay, I'm talking about real spiritual warfare. All right? Spiritual, real spiritual, it doesn't mean that you couldn't stay on your, uh uh-oh, diet. It's real real warfare now. I just couldn't. That cheesecake and Doritos was calling me. Them fries and those donuts. Them Skittles, I got it bad for the Skittles. Oh, and my favorite personally is Reese's Cups. Okay. Okay. All right. That's not spiritual warfare. I know. That's not spiritual warfare. I got a flat tire. No, you ran over a nail. I'm just saying, I said real spiritual warfare. Okay, I'm going to show you. You know? And then you got some people think demons are everywhere. Peekaboo, I see you. Mm-mm-mm. Demons everywhere. I, I see angels everywhere. How come everybody in the Bible that saw angels fell down as dead men? But you see angels all the time. I saw Michael last night. He was 20 feet tall. I mean, I'm just saying. But you can see, all right, okay, okay, I'm building something up, all right, all right, I'm just saying, stop going outside of the Bible, all right, my relationship is always under attack, it's warfare, my relationship is under warfare, no, You simply won't submit to the word of God. Now you are reaping what you sowed. I told you she's an incubator. So you got to be careful what you place in her because it's going to grow. I choose love. But if you sow anger, bitterness, resentment into her, She's an incubator. It's going to come back. You ain't ready. So you need to be careful what you put in her, men. Why we get mad when I'm just, and it's just me? That's what I'm putting in her. Me. My attitude. (laughs) All right. Okay. Be careful. Be careful, man. Be careful when you, you know, when you enter into a divorce. Now you have opened your child to spiritual warfare. It's real. This is why God hate 
divorce. Because you cause unnecessary, unnecessarily damage and danger and exposure to your offspring. You better think. Okay. In this teaching, I'm not going to really talk about evil influences or evil relationships. I'm going to tell you what the whole battle is about. Okay, because you are in one. So like this, listen to like an example. So someone you could be talking about homosexuality, right? Let's just pick a subject. And they say the Bible says in Romans chapter one, it says this and such and such that you shouldn't be practicing these type of things. Correct. Mm -hmm. Y'all know what it says. Uh huh. You shouldn't be practicing these particular arts. Mm. Mm -hmm. It's crafts. Uh huh. Some people, listen, some believers actually believe this. This is what some believers actually believe. Well, if the two of them, the two men or the two women, love each other, it's all right. Oh, yes, you got believers that actually believe that. If they truly love each other, God is okay with it. I know you heard it. it, it hopefully it ain't some of you. I said, believers actually believe this. I told you I'm going to tell you what this battle is all about, okay? I'm trying. I need you to, I need you to follow me, though, right? So you, and then what that does is start an argument if you're discussing that with somebody. You have to stop because you can never can convince ignorance. You have to stop. You can never convince ignorance. Ignorance means lack of what? Knowledge. All right? All right. You can never convince ignorance. I'm going to say it again. The battle in the last days is not about who is the Antichrist. The battle is not who in the false prophet is going to show up. This is not the battle, even though you see it like it is the battle. The battle is not when is the EMP going to hit America, because I agree it is weak. It, electromagnetic pulse means shut down all your cell phones, your electronics, all the everything. The, it, that's what an EMP can do. Now, that's a man-made EMP that can be targeted, but there are CMPs, coronal CMPs, that can come from the sun, but you're not watching. The Bible told you to keep watching on those things. Yeah? All right. Okay. But we're not doing that. So watch this. Watch this song. Pastor Rudy. What is the real battle then? The real battle that you and I are in. 
I know church make you think it's something. But the real battle that you and I are in is the battle over truth. Nothing else. Now, we can put other things in it, but the real battle is the battle over truth. When it comes to our marriages, this is the foundation. It is the foundation of God's design. Is that he wanted a family. But a family needs someone in charge. Hmm. The battle is over truth. See, it's like I said it, but it it done left your mind already. No, the real battle is over truth. It's not over your issues and situation. The real battle is over truth. Mm. Nah. No, the truth. Not a truth, but the truth. So here in America, we, we enter into a warfare over truth. Y'all got to watch it. You got to see it happening. So if someone mentioned the word abortion, now you have to determine, is it okay or not okay? It's over truth. So if that, now it's gay marriages. So now you got to de- decide, is it okay or not okay? It's over truth. It's, it's okay now. Is it okay to smoke pot? It's okay. Is it okay? Is it okay or is it not okay? The battle is over truth. Okay? This thing with abortion. It's the number one cause of death. Then and now. Why? Why? Why is that swept under? See, y'all forget it. It's all about offering. The enemy still wants innocent blood. See, as believers, we don't believe this truth. We have a hard time identifying and struggle with the truth. Why is the body of Christ struggling over a man and a woman? Why is that a struggle? Why is that an issue over truth pertaining to that? Mm. Mm. Y'all got to be careful because that truth affects your home. Where your kids go to school at, where you work at, it affects everything. Okay. Mm. Mm. Oh, this is not going to be a popular one. Mm. Y'all make sure y'all do it. All right, listen. 
So, so think about that. This, this is the big issue. And I told you, the fall of any successful society, uh, nation, is their morality. This is how a nation falls. It's not economic. It's economic, but it's morality. <laughs> because you got thieves and politicians. Y'all hear me? It's morality. The church was never supposed to be separate from the government. Listen, because the morality of the government comes from the church. So if I can separate you, there's no morality. There's lawlessness now. Now we can legislate and make laws. And, and now we can, we can do this. We, we can legislate. We can make laws for abominations. Truth. Truth. Truth is your battle. That's what you're battling over. Truth. Man, preacher. In the beginning, God created man and woman. W-O-M-B. She has a womb. But she's still a man. Man is the species. Mankind. That is the species. That involves you. Ain't you woman? Ain't you mankind? You woman. But they're seeking to change that. They're trying to change the truth. The battle is over. Truth. I need a believer to get this. You're not fighting flesh and blood. You're not fighting your, your wife, your, your co-worker, or your boss. You, you, it is, listen, over truth. Don't get mad if you get fired. Were you late? The truth. Okay. All right. Y'all better get this. I'm serious. Okay. So think about this. They're coming against the truth. They're coming against the man and the woman. They're coming against the word of God. God created man and woman. Correct? All right. He made them to procreate, meaning to reproduce. Two of the same kind cannot reproduce. The truth is that he created man and woman to do just that. What's the, what's the argument? It's all the truth. <laughs> reproduce. To have offsprings, to multiply, to procreate, to breed. Reproduce simply means to produce again. So when it's got husband and wife, that's your job, is to produce again. All right. See, what happens is many times uh, money is involved with politicians. You're going to make laws, as I said, to legalize, legalize, legalize abominations. 
Okay? You know, just for tax purposes. You know, like in Cleveland, Ohio, they had a, a liquor law uh, that came into on the ballot. And 50% of the church voted <laughs> in favor of it. 50% and voted in favor of having liquor stores in Cleveland, Tennessee. <laughs> wow. Y'all hear that? They won't vote not against the half the stores. They, they were voting to have. We split. Yes, let them in. So do you know what curtails when, it, when you set up an establishment like that? Does it bring the property value down or up? Because you just invoke their spirits. <laughs> just read the bottle. It's spirits. Y'all don't want to hear that. They don't want to believe. They don't want to be done. But like I said, the battle is over. Truth. My thing is, when it comes to like smoking weed, and, and you know, they'll go back to Genesis, God created every herb, and it was good. <laughs> how come, and it's green, how come no one is smoking poison ivy or smoking poison oak? It's green, it's good, right? How come we don't smoke that? How come we don't smoke that? Because you got believers that still smoke. Mm -mm. No, you, that's what they do. Some say, I used to. Pastor, I used to. Amen. Hey, well, if it's yesterday, I praise God. If it's just done, if you're done, that was it. That's why you're hearing the message today. Nobody's trying to smoke no poison. Uh, oh, ain't nobody trying to dry it out and roll it up. It's all good. See, we always try to justify our sin. Mm -mm. It was good before the fall. Mm -mm -mm. He said, it's, he said it was all good for meat. Meat in the Bible, another definition in the Greek means fuel. He wasn't talking about animals. He said plants, it's fuel. Your body was designed first. It was never designed and digest meat. I didn't see nothing in there about smoking either. Okay. All right. Listen, move on, Pastor. I'm going to move on. All right. All right. I'm touching some touchy subjects. Okay. All right. All right. Mm. And that's another thing. People always want, can you drink? Should I drink? Is it okay to drink? All right. See, that's elementary things. You should know your temple. You should know you. You should know your propensities. You should know those things. You, you should know that I'm no longer under the control of the Holy Spirit now. Now my body is alive to sin. Okay, see, we don't want to do the word for real. Okay. Okay, here's the battle. The battle we are is this. Here's the battle. 
The battle is, are you willing? Are you willing to stand for what the word of God says? Are you willing to stand for what the word of God says? I didn't say man. I didn't say how you feel, your mama, your dad. I said, are you willing to stand what the word of God says? Yeah? Okay. Despite, uh uh-oh, the persecution. Despite being made fun of. Despite being mocked. Despite being called uh, homophobic. Despite being called Islamic phobic. Are you willing to stand for what's right, the truth? And all... It's glory. Because if you do stand for truth, this is what happens. Listen, it happens amongst us. I ain't talking about the world. I'm talking about us. Oh, man, that's bad right there. That's not good. Are y'all really ready to stand up for what's true today? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what? It's easy to say that when you're not under the gun, literally. Okay. We can say that. We can actually say that when we're not really under the gun. You can say, yeah, I'll stand for it. Yep, I sure will. I'm totally against it. Put you on TV with a mic. So how do you feel about same-sex marriage? Well, you stand for what is right. The truth. Hmm? And then, you know, I saw you on TV. Your boss did. Yeah. And y'all know y'all just got the bathroom where there's three bathrooms now. All right. They're trying to merge it back to two. Really one. Absolutely. Y'all know it's true. (laughs) Did you really realize what you said and did when you did Romans 10, 9. Oh, it's quiet. Because you said you're going to stand for the truth. Then you must know what the truth is then. So you can stand properly for the truth. Are you afraid? Persecution come with it. Hmm? All right. Being mocked comes with it. Now they're having it. So if you're a believer, you're actually going to be considered mentally disabled. Because you believe in the scriptures. Are you really ready for this? Y'all say y'all going to stand for the truth. All right. Let me explain why the truth is a threat to the kingdom of darkness. Okay, this is what the Bible says, that ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Oh, y'all missing it. Oh, hold on. Hold on. I just said, I'm going to show why the kingdom of darkness, why it hates the truth. The Bible says, check it out, that you shall be free. You shall Know the truth, and the truth shall make you 
free. That's John 8, 8, 32. Wait a minute. What does that truly mean? Teacher, to know the truth. So Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So Jesus, the word, is the epitome of the truth. The epitome, listen, the epitome means the perfect example or particular quality or type. Jesus said, if you have seen me, you've seen the Father. I and the Father are the truth. I and the Father are one. There's only one truth. I and him are one. If you've seen me, you've seen the truth. And the truth walked amongst them and they rejected them. They couldn't even recognize them. You couldn't even recognize him. And he was prophecy of his own prophecy. All right. So Jesus is the epitome of the truth. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and him is all truth. His word are spirit and they are life. So we see that Jesus is the epitome and the ultimate of God's revelation of truth. Did y'all hear that? Yeshua, Jesus, salvation. Is the ultimate revelation of truth. You say you have him in you. <laughs> you say you have the truth in you. You wouldn't have followed with submission. All our marriages would be perfect. All our relationships, listen, perfect, mature. You said you have the truth. I want to know, do you really have the truth? Oh. You can't say you do and then there's no fruit. Okay. How do you know truth? There are a few basic ways to know truth. I'm going to describe maybe just two. One, you know the truth by learning the truth. By studying the truth. By hearing the truth. You're under a ministry that teaches the truth. Mm. Number two, the way of knowing truth in the Hebrew, the Hebrew word is yada. Okay? New. Listen. That's the word new. And you should know the truth. That sense. New. And you should know the truth. Yada. It's like this. You'll say, uh, 
I know, I, I know her. That's my, that's my son's wife, okay? It simply means that you know her because you see her. You just know her. You just know Renika because you see her. Okay. But you don't know her. <laughs> In Genesis chapter 4, verse 1, if you read that, go ahead, minister. Let's do this real quick so we can get here. You ready? Genesis chapter 4 at verse 1. Come on. And Adam knew Eve as his wife. Ooh. And she became pregnant and bore Cain. And she said, I have gotten and gained a man with the help of the Lord. Okay, wait a minute now. I just said I know you. But this no, Yada has contact. This yada, this no, has contact. Right? They're not trying to shake hands. It's not like, you know, I just, I, I saw you at Bahama Breeze and we shook hands. How you doing? You know, I know you. Hey, I, I, I saw you. I saw you. Don't mean I know you. That I saw you. <laughs> so, yada here means sexual relationship. What you just read. That yada means sexual relationship. Ooh. Now in the idea of knowing truth, was contact me. So in, in the idea of knowing truth, you got you have to know it. How? By learning it, by hearing it, by by it spoken and preached. But what this is, well, watch this. You also know truth by experience. You also know truth by experience and a person's, listen, with okay, my point is I'm trying to drive it, I'm trying to make it back. To know I have experience in my knowing of teacher. I have a physical experience with her. Because I know you. I know you. I knew you and I know you. I, I know you by sight, but I knew you, yada, in contact. The truth. And you shall know the truth by experience, by contact. Okay, all right. Which is the truth. Okay. 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 
Okay, here's most of the churches. We, we know truth. Most of the church, and they say, oh, but most of the church know truth by sermons. Mm-hmm. Yep. Most of the church know truth by sermons. But we don't know truth by intimacy. Most of us become here, but uh, we know truth by the sermon, by the teaching. But you don't know truth by experience, contact, intimacy, intercourse. We know it by sermon. We know it by how it sounds. But we never, been, we never felt it. Intimacy. My spirit was never gratified when I hear the word. Oh, oh, there is no contact. It's just sermons. You haven't experienced intimate. You, you don't know truth. You don't know truth. Oh, okay, come on, teacher. Watch, watch this thing unfold. <laughs> We, we have a lot of, y'all go on the internet because I know you do. You got a lot of great preachers today. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They can leave you in awe. Have you running around the church in the parking lot? Have you rolling on the floor speaking in tongues? We have a lot of great puppeteers. Oh, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. We got a lot of great of them. Yeah, we do. Uh-huh. Revelators of knowledge. Mm-mm. Revelators of knowledge. Yeah, we do. We have a lot of them. Revelation, revelators of knowledge. We have a lot of them. Great. And, and they listen, and they're good. And they're good. Absolutely good at what they do. Mm-hmm. I acknowledge them. They got hundreds of books, bestsellers. You know? They they they're on TV. They they do interviews to the nation. But we have to be careful. If we just become revelators of knowledge, and all you have is Intellectual ascent knowledge in your mind to walk around and brag on. Mm, mm, mm. That is the greatest sermon I have ever done. You hear people say that all the time. And yet, I have never had a real Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit encounter. See, this is what we're missing. Did y'all hear that? Yes. Great revelators. I mean, they can kick out wisdom and knowledge, all of this. Mental ascent knowledge, but no real encounter with the Holy Spirit. See, you can't identify because you haven't had one. So it's hard. And it, it, it's hard to, is that real? Is, is that the anointing? You're not sure. Because mm, you're dull. 
Okay, watch this thing unfold. Hold on. Watch this. I'm talking about the body. Some of y'all here walking with me, y'all are all right. Okay? Watch this. This is what we're missing because of the battle over truth. We've never had a real Holy Spirit encounter. You've never felt the anointing and never had Jesus show up. And you only have half of the pie. This is a knowing of truth. And it sets you free. And you shall know the truth and it shall make you, manufacture your freedom. Okay, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on. Teacher, is it possible that we just have churches filled with people with head knowledge of Jesus? Intellectual and theological knowledge and have never had a real and genuine experience encountered with the living word of God. I think it's possible. I think you watch some of them. So, if that's the case, then they are still bound. It's still bound in their stuff. Preaching the word. Still bound. Because when you know the truth, the truth makes you free. Are you bound or are you free? Because the truth does that. It sets you free. So what you still struggling with? The truth will make you free. Not just to know the truth by head, listen, by my head knowledge. Because I know him in head knowledge, it doesn't mean that I know him. So you got a lot of people, a lot of churches just so know so much of God. It's just head knowledge. But they've never had a real encounter, a Damascus experience where you are never the same again. You were angry and judgmental and bitter before, but when you got up, you are no longer that. Now, that's a real encounter. Now, he set you free. Indeed. We got a lot of people saying they're free in here. You're still bound. You're bound with your money. Some people just got free from that. Praise God. Watch what happened to your life. It's not about your money. It's your heart. It's your heart. Watch what happens. You care about that. See, now you're no longer free. You're, you're free now. You're no longer bound in that area. So now he can move and manifest himself in that area now that you trust him. See, but we don't. Yeah, okay, y'all think it's about money. It's never about money with God. Oh, man. Wow. Who is the truth? 
And when I have an encounter with Jesus, who is the truth? When you have an encounter with truth, something is going to break on the inside of us. No, y'all don't hear me. When you have an encounter with truth, something that was binding you, bounding you, is going to break. When you have a real encounter with the truth. Oh, man. Mm-mm. So we have churches full. Full of people who come in one way and leave the same. Mm-mm, mm-mm. We have churches who can give you, you know, we got, we got churches that can give you, you know, the 10 point outline and the 10 steps how to. But the 10 step how to, listen, and never, listen, never works for them. The person that's giving it to you, it never works for them. It never works for them because they never had anyone lay hands on them and set them free. They've never felt the anointing of truth. Y'all know the devil goes to church too, right? That's Mark chapter 1, right? 21 through 28. You can read that and amplify it on your own time. So people can go to church with head knowledge and intellectual understanding and still be bound because they know listen and they say they know the truth Man. there's a no in the Hebrew and Greek that means that you have to have an experience and intimately listen intimately you have to have an experience to know the truth See, my whole thing is, whatever your personality is, when you have met the truth, it changes you. So there's no way that you can meet the truth and you stay exactly the same. Oh, I'm going to bring this home. Okay, hold on. So you got all kind of people who say they know the Bible, right? A lot of people can quote the Bible word for word. You got, you, it, listen, listen, you got atheists, and, and you got the devil. He can quote the Bible. <laughs> and neither one of them are free. Still bound. <laughs> Everlasting chains. <laughs> okay, come on, y'all. Follow what I'm saying. All right. Head knowledge lets you talk about that first. Listen, let's talk about that first. Let's talk about the head knowledge. Uh, here we go. To get... To get your heart, here we go. Watch this. To get to your heart, he has to go through your head. The enemy. To get to your heart, he has to go through your head. Don't let him put you to sleep. Stay awake. Stay alive. Okay. I'm going to say it again. To get to your heart, he has to go through your head. Your head has two gates. Your head has two entrances. Mm-hmm. 
the eye and the ear. Okay? I don't have time to go to the scripture here, Mark 4, 24. And Jesus said that the light of the body is the eye. Okay? All right? I don't have time. Got to save some time. But then he said, but out of the heart proceedeth these things. So you have something that gets in you, and then you have something that manifests out of you. Okay? Watch this. Here's how Satan succeeds. He has... He that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. That's Revelation 2.29. Okay? I've got to speed it up. In the Bible, God rebuked Israel for being dull of hearing. You don't know how dull you are until you get your ears cleaned out. You don't know how dull you are of hearing until you actually get your ears cleaned out. Out. <sighs> Dull hearing means you can hear something, but it doesn't get in you. Because you have developed an attitude or allowed an attitude through your hearing to filter what God is saying. That was a mouthful. Y'all got it? You're dull of hearing because there's something, listen, dull of hearing means you can hear something, but it never gets in you. Why? Because you have developed, listen to that key word, you have developed an attitude or allowed an attitude through your hearing to filter what God is saying. You don't believe that? You don't believe this. This is what you say. This is how you know you are. I, I don't believe that way. I never heard that before. We don't do that at my church that I came from. See, see, y'all, I'm, I'm trying to tell you this is what happens. This is how you know you're dull of hearing. You already set up. You, that's a filter on you. There's a filter on you. This is why you can't hear. This is why you make the statements that you make. Okay. All right. Mm -hmm. The Bible warns us. Well, let me go here before I say that. The Bible says that you have your understanding darkened. Okay. All right. All right. The Bible uh, warns us that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. That's Ephesians 1, 17 through 18. But I got to save some time. All right. Paul talks about light in that verse or illumination. Okay. Y'all right? Do you all need to see it? Okay. All right. We're going to keep it here. Paul talks about light in this one, right? He talks about illumination in that chapter, in that verse. Okay. The Greek word here is fatizo. Fatizo, illumination, fatizo. This is where you get photograph from. Fatizo. It, listen, it, it, uh, it also uh, means to draw with light. 
illumination. No, go, go to the chapter, because I think you need to see it. Oh, it's up there? All right. Well, read it, brother. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 1 at verse 18. By having the eyes of your heart flooded with light. Fatizo. Mm-hmm. So that you can know and understand the hope to which he has called you. And how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints, his set-apart ones. So, I just need you to see that fatizo, right? So, I said it means uh, where you get photographed from, and it means to draw with light. An aperture or an opening, that's what your eye is. Okay, your eye is the most sophisticated. It is the most complex camera ever created. And for them images to come in, you have to have that eye, that aperture. The uh, aperture allows the light to come in so an image can now be printed. That's why you got to guard your eye gate. Y'all got shutters. When you blink, that's like a shutter on the camera. And, And the more my eyes are open. The more light, truth, I can receive. And the more defined that image of truth is in me now. Because my eyes are flooded with truth. Jesus. Oh, see, we're missing it. It's right there, right in front of you. Y'all just buying the camera. Oh, this one got three cameras on it. You, yours are functioning just with one. Y'all see this? Yeah, the most sophisticated one. Illumination is when the light or revelation that comes from God, that's what it is. But you have to open your spirit to it. And all of a sudden, you see what God says. I didn't say see, I said see what he says. (laughs) Oh, so when you see what he says... Sin, we call that illumination, revelation. In the Greek, it means, listen, uh, revelation, of course, is um, what is it? apocalypto, apocalypto. I think that's it. Don't go quote me on my Greek. I'm better at Hebrew. And revelation or apocalypto, it, it means to, it means a revealing. It means manifest. It means a coming. It means lighten. So what is Paul saying there? Having your eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you may know and understand the hope to which you have been called. Amen. Have your eyes flooded with that to your call. Have your eyes flooded with the truth of who you are. See, this is what we do. He, Okay, I'm, I'm talking about Satan here. Okay. Remember, the enemy works, or listen, he works, he, 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 his works are blinding your understanding, dulling your hearing. He wants you dull, listen, he wants you dull to your sensitivity. He wants you dull to your, uh-oh, feelings. Watch this. Did y'all hear this? I said his works are blinding your understanding. 
His works are blinding your understanding. He's dulling your hearing. He wants you dull. He wants you dull. He wants you, your sensitivity. He wants you dull to listen to your feelings. Watch this. Watch this. Paul talked about it, you know, with men having sex with men. In the New Testament, they were uh, what they call past filling. They were past filling. What does that mean, past filling? It, it means that their conscience became so seared that nothing bothered them. So this is what they're doing with you. In the media, in the medium. It's to dull your senses to the truth. That a man and a woman is the way God has designed it. So they're dulling you, passing laws and dulling you to the truth. Do y'all see it happening? It's promulgated everywhere. Every commercial that you see, they do it real flat. You see the two men together with a family. They're changing the truth. The battle is over truth. Why are y'all fighting each other? And both of you are supposed to have the truth. Nah. Can't be. The conscience was so seared that nothing bothered them. I don't know about y'all. When I do something wrong, it, it, it bothers me. I feel, uh-oh, watch this word, convicted. Mm. Okay, okay, hold on. We almost got this. And you need not to despise conviction. If you can do whatever you want, if you can do whatever you want to do and never get convicted, the Bible says that you are illegitimate. Y'all don't think so? Go to Hebrews 12. 12, 8. Don't despise conviction. I'm going to show you what helps. Almost finished, please. Hebrews chapter 12 at verse 8. Now, if you are exempt from correction mm. and left without discipline, in which all of God's children share, then you are illegitimate offspring and not true sons at all. All right. Any questions? Any questions? Mm -hmm. How many of y'all say things? <laughs> How many of y'all have said things and feel bad? <laughs> How many of y'all said things and, and actually felt bad after you said them? Now, you know, some people didn't raise their hands. Okay. I mean, it should make you want to get it right. Yeah, it should. I blew off. I mean, you know, I, I don't, everything, I don't say something I shouldn't have said. I won't slow to speak. 
I'm quick to pray. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> you want to get right. And, and if you don't, and if you can say anything and you don't feel conviction. Look at your heart. One that's pride, you think you're always right. No, no, no. Conviction is a good sign. Listen, listen. Conviction is a good sign. That means your spirit is alive. You could just say and do anything and never think twice. Did I, did I say that right? Maybe I, I shouldn't have said it that way. Maybe they, they thought I meant this, but I, let me call them up. I'm feeling convicted right now. <laughs> let me meet with them and see what's up. Y'all never felt like that? That's a good sign. Your conscience isn't seared yet. It's a good sign. That's mm. still, still intact. Mm-mm-mm. Why do some people take drugs? I know, I like to switch like that. <laughs> Keep you on guard. But it's all flowing. Why do some people take drugs? Just, just let me, yeah, that's good too. Y'all know, like, I have been told, I've never. But they say when you take that first hit of cocaine, you can never get that high ever again. That's why you continue to try to get that high. Because you can never reach that high ever again the first time, first hit. Mm, right? Okay. You never get that high ever again. Most people take alcohol or drugs or whatever vice you want to, you know, to do it. They do it to work, basically to forget some kind of pain in their lives. Oh, watch this. To dull the pain. Mm. You take something into you to dull the pain. Mm-hmm. Okay, watch this. Right? All right, you know, you get a root canal and Tupa, whatever. They give you Novocaine to do what? That pain's still there, though, ain't it? <laughs> so whatever you're taking that drug and alcohol for, after the high is over, it's still, that situation is still there. You still don't like your mom. It's still there. That situation's still there. It don't go away. I don't care what you do. It don't go away. Okay. Not yet. Mm-mm. There's a pain in divorce, too. There's a pain in um, rejection. There's definitely pain in broken relationships. Mm -hmm. They want to keep you feeling pain. Hold on. They, They want to keep you feeling pain in the most inner being of who you are. The world wants you to be numb. Mm-hmm. And it uses drugs and medication to do that. Watch this. Satan knows if he can get a generation. Watch this, T. Satan knows that if he can get a generation. 
not feeling anything. Neither will they feel conviction. What does the Holy Spirit bring? He brings conviction of what? Your sin. So if I can get your appetite, I can get you just dwelling on your emotion, how you feel. I get you numb to that. I get a whole generation numb to that. They won't be convicted of their sin. Look at the plan and the strategicness of Satan on your life. See, the plan, see, I told you, it's about truth, this whole battle. Why are you here today? It should be a battle over truth. Do y'all hear that? I can get you numb. I can get you sedated on drugs and alcohol and lust. And I can get you dealing with all those issues so you'll never deal. You'll never feel. I keep you numb. Mm-hmm. You'll never have conviction that you did anything wrong. So I don't need a savior. I don't need to be forgiven. Oh man. Honest. Here we go. So I can do this. If I can get you numb, I can get you numb, you can come to church, and you won't feel the presence of God. If I can keep you sedated long enough, you won't feel the presence of God. You won't feel it sitting in the middle of worship. You, you just be like this. Your hearing is dull. You're not sensitive. This is why I want to dull you so you won't feel. The presence of God. When the presence of God is here, you won't feel the presence of God. Y'all hear this? All right. Listen to this. They can be sitting right in the middle of service like this one. So the enemy takes the nervous system and the neurons of the brain and dulls it to the point that they look, you'll look right at that person. Listen to this. And say, don't you understand? That you're killing yourself. And what you just said has no effect on them. Goes right over their head. Because their senses have been dull. They don't see that they're killing themselves. Do y'all hear this? Because you are desensitized to the presence of God. Y'all hear this? You could be in the middle of the service. God is overwhelming. He's, he's overwhelming. And, and, you will, and you'll get some people just standing, looking around. I mean, just looking around. Crying. Everybody here crying. Just, it's on. 
His own. And they can't even feel his presence for real. Isn't that something? And you were designed to feel his presence. Mm, mm, mm. You're, you're dull. Listen to this. You, you, his love, and you, you've never felt his yoke-destroying anointing. See, if you ever felt God's presence, no, truly felt God's presence, you wouldn't be running away. You'll be running to. No, you're missing. If you truly have ever felt God's presence, his, his anointing, his destroying yoke anointing, if you ever experience his deliverance, you will not run from him. You will run to him. No one could stop you. See, that's what it is, teacher. You, you've just experienced his presence. You've been very intimate with him. But to us, we look foreign. It looks foreign to us. Because you've never been in his presence. You haven't felt his presence. Y'all hear me? Okay. All right. You wouldn't be running away. You'd be running right past that brazen altar. You'd be running right out of the inner courts and to the Holy of Holies if you've ever been in there. Here's the plan of the enemy. He keeps you blind spiritually. 2 Corinthians 4, 4. And, he, and he'll keep you dull of your hearing spiritually. Okay? He wants to keep you dead. On the inside. The enemy wants to keep you dead on the inside. Y'all hear this? He wants to keep you dead on the inside. He knows that when you encounter truth, you will. I want to say this. He wants to keep you dead on the inside. That when you encounter the truth, you won't know how to respond. He wants to keep you so spiritually dead that when truth comes, you won't know how to respond. Okay. Like what happens with people when truth comes, when love actually comes into a person's life, many of us are offended. Because we think love is just touchy-feely. But he just said love is correction. It's truth. You do need to straighten up. <laughs> you do need to stop sinning. That's love if I tell you the truth. You have a poor attitude. No one can reach you. You know it all. Dull of hearing. This one point you must try to understand. The reason he wants you to be blind, deaf, and dull in your spirit 
is because he knows the danger when a person wakes up inside. We got you sedated right now. Dijon, he knows the danger when you wake up. What happens is that he said, now that grip that I had on you, I no longer have it. Oh, my goodness. Then the enemy knows that if you ever wake up inside, (laughs) there's a grip (laughs) that he had over you (laughs) that will be broken. (laughs) And you'll understand that you don't need a high to get. Because now you know the most high. See, this is the thing. You won't need that because now you know the most high. See, no, if you really had an encounter, you would never run from God. You would run to him. If you ever had one. You'd be like, Pastor, tell me what I need to do. Help me. All right. You will understand that all you need now is to be filled with this spirit. Don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the Holy Ghost. That's the high that he don't want you to ever get. Mm, mm, mm. That's the high that he never wants you to get, to get filled with his spirit. Mm, mm, mm. I told you you got a lot of people come to church, but you're still bound. Mm-mm. I love it. In the Greek, being filled like that, it means to be controlled by the spirit of God. There's no conviction. This is what I really want to start off with at the end. I'm in here. Teacher, come on. There's no. Listen to this. This is the most important thing you're going to hear. There is no conviction in our preaching anymore. There is no conviction in our preaching, which, listen, which dulls our senses. Which dulls our senses, our sensitivity to sin. So I get you to come to church. I keep telling you how great you are. I keep telling you you're a millionaire. I keep telling you all these things, but I'm not dealing. You're not convicted. So now when it comes, you immediately get offended. If you got somebody who loves you enough to tell you the truth. No. Mm-mm. Teacher, this is what's happening to our churches. It's all this self-help. It's all this empowerment. But there's no conviction. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. You're not living right. If you're not living right, you're not doing right. You're not doing right. You know why? Because you're not hearing right. You're hearing it's dull. Because you would do right. Hey, teacher. Pastor. I tried. <laughs> I tried. It just, uh, your teaching simply proved in this very setting that there's a 
dullness of hearing the word of God. And this moment and this hour of the teaching is evidence uh, of the dullness of the hearers of the word of God, of the believer. Uh, Hebrews uh, 5, 11 through 12, real quick. I, I want us to be able to really I just thank God for, <laughs> uh, I love for the word of God. When I say I love, I'm speaking of pastor myself, when it comes to the hours of laboring over the word of God to bring to the people of God so that changed their life. And they, you know, lack of a better word, sit stoic, uh, not understanding. And we are to leave here today understanding why you don't understand. We are to leave here today understanding why the word of God says that we are dull in our hearing. We can uh, attest to that through praise and worship to where some, some will open their mouth and some won't. We're talking about our creator. Uh, and it's not about your personality. It's not about what you think about the word of God. It's what you know about the word of God. And so I want to really leave you with some questions for yourself as to how can I, as a believer, come to the appointed place of a gathering when he said, forsake not yourself to assemble together. And the purpose of to assemble together is to come and learn of him. And there is power and anointing that's released in the assembly of God's people. See, but we can't recognize God's people because of how we're living. You can't sense the power of God's people because of how you're thinking. You can't experience the presence of God in the people of God because of your state of being, your dull hearing of the word of God. There's no way believers, God believer, believers, of Jesus Christ, young and old, our children. Because the word of God said we ought to teach them. We ought to teach them how to interact with God. And that's done through how we live. Teach them the way to go. Bring them upright. Bring them in the house of God. With the hands lifted up. Praises on their lips. But we come ourselves, our hands down. No praise on our lips. So our children sit with us, stoic, as we sit in the presence of the Most High God, stoic. He's inside of you, not a building. 
You can hear people the most loudest when they have their own pulpit. And that's just a position, a place to where you can speak and say what you have to say. Not what God would have you to say. As the minstrel was playing and the psalmist was singing, I prayed for us. And I asked God, why can't we love you? How can your people that's called by your name hold back the joy from their lips to give you praise? How can the people that you died for shed your blood, remain silent in your presence? For you said in your word, they shall shout with the voice of triumph. That's intense. That's loud. That's with all your energy. But you say within yourself, I'll worship and praise him the way that I will. Hebrews 5, 11 and 12. Read, minister. Concerning this, we have much to say, which is hard to explain. Look at something. I, I have much to say. He's talking to the Christians. I have much to say to you. He said, but I find it difficult, almost impossible to communicate, to speak to those who are supposed to understand and comprehend heavenly language. I, I find it difficult for me to speak. Read on, minister. Since you have become dull in your spiritual hearing. Since you have become this is why I find it difficult. I find it difficult for so many reasons because it grieves my spirit that you are a child of the most high God and I'm going to speak something spiritual to someone who says that they are spiritual and they won't, I know they won't be able to receive it because they have become Dull in the hearing. And dull in the most deepest sense is no push. You have no push. He said you have low intelligence spiritually. He said almost in the lamest term, you're disabled. (coughs) 
I grieve because I come to a people who's, a, who's supposed to be known of God. That you have no push. He said, you don't have that energy. You don't have that fire. You don't have that intensity. You're not on alert. And the word of God does not taste sweet anymore. You have, so you can't, when I speak now, you can't taste and you can't see that the Lord is good. So you have no push. And so when I speak, you now don't have the ability to accept the word of God. Because you have low spiritual intelligence. You can't interpret what I'm saying. You find no place to assimilate the word of God. So our life, it stays the same. The children are, are in a lot of chaos. Look, with the marriage, the covenant, the, the head, they don't know what to think. He said, you're dull in your, your hearing. And the question is, when did that happen? Because what he's talking about is a declining Christian. You declined, you, you stu stood back from the word of God. So when you would read the word of God, it found no place. Because now when I hear it, I don't obey it. And I don't do the word of God. I'm not on alert. I'm compromising. This is why he speaks in his word. What you've heard and you don't do it, even that is going to be taken away. But not taken away, but given away because of your disobedience and rejecting of the word. So you're not living out the word of God. So what you heard. See, how it's going to be taken away is that you don't obey. And because you don't obey, you don't remember. Okay. You don't remember. So when you're around someone who's not saved and you're the saved one, you don't remember. That intensity, that fire. How are you supposed to conduct yourself? What are you supposed to say? I See, you are disabled. Now, now I can't even do what I know I should do. Oh, come on. I, I hear you, Paul. And what I shouldn't do, I find myself doing. Because what I should do, I don't do. And why I can't do it is because I stopped growing. I stopped growing. Go ahead and finish the minister. 
You have become dull in your spiritual hearing and sluggish, even slothful in achieving spiritual insight. I can't. I'm not advancing. Spiritual insight. He's saying, I can't. I don't know. I have my knower is not activated. So guess what? I'm confused. My knower, which is Holy Spirit that knows all things, is not activated. I'm confused now. Go ahead, man of God. Verse 12. For even though by this time you ought to be teaching others, you actually need someone to teach you over again the very first principles of God's word. You have come to need milk, not solid food. You can't take the deeper things that will draw you even closer to God, the insight and how to maneuver through the thing that seems to always have a grip on you with the same type of situation, but it, it's the same thing, but it comes in all different situations. And it's the one thing that keeps you from growing. Thus, you repeat the same thing over again because you're nowhere is not activated. And the dullness comes from your heart. When you hear the word of God, you don't receive the word of God. There is no acceptance of the word of God. This is the birthing of your dullness in your heart. So now your mind can't function. It can't operate. It can interpretate. It can interpret spiritual things. What it's doing is rationalizing the logos word, but not the spiritual word, the engrafted word that's able to save your soul, your mind, your suke, your reasoning, your way of thinking. I want you to leave here today knowing. The importance of this message is that he's talking about a declining Christian. And how you decline. But how do you start to grow and you become now a hearer and a doer of the word of God? Because the, the actual application of the word of God, it develops your knower. It activates Holy Spirit inside of you, insight. What you can't see. Look, Minister Ryan, but you know, and you move on that with great conviction and confidence because I know by the knowing and the compelling of Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. 